0: Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast with me, Simon Miller. Don't know why I do that each and every week. The title kind of gives it away. In hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have called it Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's a bit arrogant, isn't it? Put my own name like I'm some kind of, I'm the sell here. I'm (laughs) I'm the advert. Anyway, let's not too worry uh, about that too much. Let's not too worry. Grammar is is running wild here today. It is Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, I apologize that the Q&A didn't go up on Friday. Um, technical issues, all kinds of nonsense. However, we'll do a bumper one this Friday, because now not only do I have the questions from last week, I have even more questions that kept uh, tickling in. So that's good. And by and large, the feedback has been quite positive that yes, two a week, one being a Q episode is what people want. So that makes me happy. So we can continue to smash that as we walk forward in this grand thing called life. It's been a somewhat interesting week in wrestling we're kind of treading water a little bit as we build towards fast lane in the elimination chamber um you know there's been a few interesting rumors such as jeff jarrett going into the w hall of fame apparently not true it would be quite interesting given the 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 past between jarrett and wwe i mean there's a lot of controversy there from jarrett holding up uh, Vince vincent for money and obviously everything with tna and you know all that kind of stuff so i, I personally i can't see it happening but you never know you never know. Obviously, we now know that Ronda Rousey's is going to sign her Raw contract at the Elimination Chamber. She got booed on Raw. So that's going to be interesting um, to see, you know, do we have a, a Batista scenario or maybe more specifically a Floyd Mayweather scenario on our hands where, you know, you bring in this big celebrity. And I think she's going to do well for the business uh, regardless, right? Because while a lot of people seem to want to pretend that her losing a couple of times affected her her drawing power, I don't really think that's the case at all. She's still one of the most famous people in all of sports. And I just think about the mainstream attention that WWE's already got, I imagine every time she's on Raw, at least leading into WrestleMania, and then she'll have a big WrestleMania match, that this will only continue. So I certainly don't think it's a bad decision. I'm a bit baffled by some people that are saying that. And I think more or less it's... I mean, if if you're into women's wrestling and you finally wanted WWE to shine a spotlight on it properly, this is what you wanted. Because now, essentially, the biggest star in the company is ronda rousey i mean is she a bigger star than john cena probably in terms of mainstream appeal i would think so i don't know i mean it depends on your circles of course but there's an argument there and the fact there's an argument there you know can't is all you need to know i mean this is no disrespect to any of these people but she's a bigger mainstream star than braun Strowman, seth rollins uh, roman reigns aj styles uh, Kevin all these people you know Ronda Rousey is a proper household name now the problem you may run into is the fact that a lot of people don't like Ronda Rousey's personality they feel like when she lost against Holly Holm that she should have acted well she was a sore loser that's basically what a lot of people thought and and that rubbed them the wrong way therefore now is that going to you know is that going to be a catalyst for her to get booed when she turns up on Raw but I think as long as you roll with it you know and don't do what you did with Roman Reigns and just dig your heels in that's okay because a star is a star I mean, if we, if we push forward to WrestleMania and we are going to get Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey and, an, and, a, and a partner who they'd like to be The Rock, I think that the problem is the crowd at WrestleMania is so smarky and, uh, and obviously hardcore that you can completely see them cheering The Rock and booing Ronda Rousey. Like That is not out of the realms of possibility in, in any sense um, because that's what a WrestleMania crowd does. They kind of pick and choose. and like, Maybe they'd be The Rock. Guilty by association, you just don't know. But that would kind of change the dynamic a little bit, given that Ronda Rousey, I assume, backstage, is believed to be this super babyface. But I don't feel a need to cheer her. You know, if anything, when somebody does cross over into WWE that has made their name elsewhere, sometimes it's an even bigger hurdle to, to try and come across. I mean, so I was, when Batista, when he came, got, got booed, there was no need to. I mean, you look back now, the booing of Batista, I know it tied into the Daniel Bryan stuff. There was no need for it whatsoever. There was no need to boo Batista. Didn't do anything wrong. That's why I've always kind of liked him. So I, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. I'm intrigued to see what happens at the Elimination Chamber, when she signs the contract, where she goes from there. Does, does Stephanie McMahon come out? Does Triple H come out? Do they start? Because I guess you've got to plant some seeds. Is a contract signing? When do you ever sign a contract in WWE without there being some sort of kickoff? So I think that's the big story at the moment. I think that will kind of overshadow everything else that happens at the Elimination Chamber. Obviously, the other big thing is that we're now going to get seven men in the men's chamber, which is just absurd. It's just a scene. We come up with these stipulations in WWE and we try to drive them home as as being important and, and offering something different. Then we just muck around with them. Why do we need a seven-man? Why can't one of them just not be in it? And I, I don't think they're going to build another pod, like a lot of people have suggested. It's just so much easier and more cost-effective, given that I don't think I'll ever do another seven-man elimination chamber match again. Uh, you know, it's far more cost-effective just to um, put them as a triple threat match. To start off, but it is indeed. Let me see if I get this right. We've got John Cena, you have Braun Strowman, you have Elias, you have Seth Rollins, you have Finn Balor, and this one you have the Miz. Who is number seven? Who is is, is so pointless that I can't even remember they're in the match? It's not Bray Wyatt. It's not Matt Hardy. It's not Apollo Cruz. They all lost. Who is the seventh man? I should know this. I should have noted this down. I'm gonna have to look it up. You gotta love these podcasts. halfway through i I just go on these on these tangents but hey it's better to be a roman reigns (laughs) of course the winner i forgot the winner i mean how bad is that how much must roman reigns have faded into the distance oh that is man call myself a wrestling fan i think it'll be a decent match i think the chamber's always a decent match i think it's always fun and to be honest i don't mind seth rollins being in it in a sense it's probably where he should have been to begin with uh, I don't think necessarily that. Whole, if Dean Ambrose hadn't got injured, maybe I'd have a different take on it. But ever since then, the Jason Jordan stuff has felt somewhat, I wouldn't say forced. But certainly, I, I don't really think it was clicking. I mean, maybe when they had pulled the, the trigger on the heel turn, that would have helped. Obviously, we didn't get there. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. And Kurt Angle on Raw came out and told us that he apparently is going to miss WrestleMania. Now, I don't know how true that is. Because if you wanted to do a heel turn and him turning up and, and maybe he cost Seth Rollins the match at the chamber, you know I think that's quite a good way to run that story. However, if it is true, I think it kind of opens up the potential to do Triple H versus... Triple H. Kurt Angle versus Seth Rollins at the pay-per-view. And I think that's a decent match. I think it's probably better than we, what we were going to get. Because I know at one point it's meant to be Triple H and, and Kurt Angle when they signed the Ronda Rousey deal, so that changed that. But I think most of us would have preferred Kurt Angle to have uh, taken on someone, well, a young guy, right? I mean, that was the thing. As as cool as Triple H and Kurt Angle would have been, I think a lot... Yeah, I genuinely think more people think, well, no, I want to see him face someone not of his era. So, you know, we we can see what they could have done as a pairing. And so that, to me, if it does... You know, I I, I don't wish injury upon anyone. Like, those people that were (laughs) cheering Jason Jordan's injury, I thought that was a bit weird. However... If it does result in Seth Rollins versus Kurt Angle, I think it's a much better WrestleMania match. And when you start to see the WrestleMania 34 card come together, it's pretty decent. I really because you got Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Okay, it's not what we we want massively, but I think there's enough under on the on the potential undercard to balance it out. I mean, Styles versus Nakamura, awesome. Cena versus Undertaker, intriguing. Kurt Angle versus Seth Rollins, great. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus say the Rock and Ronda Rousey. I mean, there's a lot of names in that. And then you know, you could still got people like Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, The New Day, Benjamin Gable, uh, Benjamin Gable, The Bludgeon Brothers. You know, there's a lot of people to pad that card out. So I actually think all of it is coming together quite nicely. Um, what I imagine happens in the chamber is that Roman Reigns wins. I only mentioned Finn Balor. I don't know what Finn Balor does at WrestleMania. But, you know, I imagine Roman Reigns wins. Given that there's now seven people in it, I have this horrible feeling that The Miz, given that he's number one, is going to be eliminated almost instantly. Because I think WWE think they can get away with that with The Miz, even though really... And they're right they can to a certain degree. But if they actually, you know, booked him booked him a bit better, a bit better than right, a bit stronger maybe. I can't think of the right word. But I think they could protect them is a bit more given how good he is, but I think they think because he's so good they can just do whatever they want. And I do get that logic to a certain extent. So, yes, I can see I can see I can see that happening. But I think Roman Reigns has to be a lock. Look, coming out of Elimination Chamber, we've got to start building to Mania. If WWE are completely set on Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, fine, cool, but let's just go in full hog and let's make sure that Roman Reigns beats him clean. Then the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns experiment is kind of over, but also, you know, for Roman Reigns at least, starting technically properly for the first time. I know they had pulled the trigger before, but when it comes to WrestleMania, they've always jolted around the place. And then Brock Lesnar will have to fit in somewhere else if he doesn't leave the company. I mean, the rumor is that it'll take on Bobby Lashley for a while, That'd be pretty cool. Um, I guess you have to hold Bobby Lashley off till after Mania, though. Unless you're gonna try and fit him in there, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I thought Raw did a decent job in in setting all that up. Um, they don't really mention. Yeah, well, I mean, the women's elimination chamber once again feels a little bit. Like, it's just happening because we feel like we should do a women's elimination chamber match. And as I said a thousand times, I would have been just happy, just do the women's one and don't do the men's one. You know, I, I would think that would have been much, uh, much more, uh, it just allows you to sell the idea of it. I mean, what did they, I, I did like what they did with the, the Sasha Banks and Bailey on Raw. I thought that was great. I thought the match was awesome. And I liked the fact that they had this tease about who's the heel, who's the face. I mean, Banks played, played the heel throughout the entirety of the match, which is so much better then. So I really do hope we pull the trigger on that sooner rather than later. And then Nia Jax came out and Bailey, being the good, good girl she is, tried to push banks out of the way, didn't really succeed. And N- Jax beats them both up and says, look, I'm clearly going to be the one to defeat Oscar, because I've just defeated these two Jabrones, and they couldn't defeat Oscar. Now there's no logic to that whatsoever. That's like saying, you know, if if I knock out someone that knocked out Mike Tyson, I can now beat Mike Tyson. No idea why we're using 80s, eighties reference points here, but we are. But th- 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 I, I, I liked it, though. I thought the whole thing worked. Each had their own story. You know, they planted seeds about what could potentially happen. I mean, the rumor is that Bailey's going to turn heel. I just think you should stick to what works, turn Banks heel and keep Bailey b- b- face and try to, uh, uh, you know, build her back up to what she once was. But this was good. I thought this was a really good women's segment, the best they've done in a while. Uh, I like the fact they're pushing Nia Jax like this. Again, the whole Enzo More stuff was terrible. However, getting her away from him, I think has been beneficial for her career at no end but then when you switch to what else they were doing and I get this kind of ties into the Elimination Chamber stuff right you've got Mickey James and Alexa Bliss tagging up against uh, Absolution the two Absolution members that aren't Paige and yeah you can kind of figure out well, that's a multi-person match which ties into Elimination Chamber Alexa Bliss is trying to protect her title but it doesn't you know while the men are going through these this elimination process to get to the Elimination Chamber the women just get told yeah you're all in and here's the six women that are going to be in it does it just feels a little bit like well we'll do it for the sake of doing it. I don't think you have to do that. I think we could have come up with something new. Um I think if we'd had Banks and Bailey on that pay-per-view and uh Oscar versus um Nia Jax and done something with Alexa Bliss, I think that would have been far more beneficial. Obviously, if Ronda Rousey isn't that tag match, it is interesting to see where they're going with Alexa Bliss. Does she I mean at the moment, I don't oh, I can't see who else in that elimination chamber would win. So she retains, and then maybe Oscar does just go after her. And then maybe you do Charlotte versus Becky Lynch or something over on SmackDown. I don't know. But yeah, that's my only problem with the Elimination Chamber. I am getting a bit bored of these pay-per-views where we just, oh, we've got to put the stip in there for the sake of it. Oh, and now let's muck around with the stip too. (laughs) It's it's ridiculous. Tying into the whole Oscar thing as well, the promo video they aired on Raw was great. They really, really pushed her hard, reminded that she's undefeated and that she's done all these these achievements. I was a big fan of that. I thought that was... uh, I thought that was excellent. Otherwise, Raw, I mean, we'll talk about the Braun Strowman segment, which, I mean, let's face it. Let's just let's call a spade a spade. Braun Strowman is the highlight of wrestling. And I, I'm still amazed every time we say that because how on, did we, how on earth did we ever get there? That guy that turned up in the Wyatt family with the somewhat gauntless expression on his face, which I know is the point of the Wyatt family. And now here we are, and he's the best. He's the best. He's hilarious. He's funny. He's entertaining. He's like a cartoon character. He's over the top. I can't think of anyone that is doing a better job right now. And also, each week he does something different. Now, obviously, booking helps with this no end. He's allowed to, to be put in these positions. And, you know, he's making the most of his opportunities. However, he is showing great versatility and diversity. And I don't think that's something any of us would have pegged him with, you know, two years ago whenever he first popped up. Uh, and we're kind of seeing him evolve in front of our eyes. Like I think he only had like three matches or something before we saw him on Raw. And, you know, basically what happened is Elias came out to sing one of his songs, brought his guitar. Also, as a side note, apparently we're getting a whole Elias album on iTunes soon, so you can look forward to that. Um, And then Braun Strowman came out with a double bass or a massive cello. People keep calling it different things. I was pretty sure it was a double bass, but, you know, what the hell do I know? Nothing. And, you know, he came out, he started to play it, but he's too strong, so he broke all the strings. And then um yeah. <laughs> then he sung this song which was rather was rather amusing and just went a beat the shit out of out of Elias, including smashing that double ba- base bass across his back. Now, I don't believe we're gonna get an extended Elias Braun Strowman program, unless that's what they want to do at WrestleMania, although again the rumour is Braun versus the Miz. Which you could set up at the chamber, I don't know. Then what do you do? Like, I can see Elias being in the under the giant battle royal, really, which which may be a shame. But you know, I, th- I thought this was a good segment for both of them, uh, which kind of makes me a bit of a hypocrite because I don't, Elias is being treated like a bit of a joke, but I was entertained by this. So it's hard for me to criticize it too much. And once again, I just think Braun Strowman. I mean, I did a video for What Culture, and in, in one of the entries in one of the lists was I didn't think Braun Strowman needed to be world champion this year. And I still believe that to a certain extent because, you know, right now he's firing. I'm not sure what a title gives him that he doesn't have already, but I think he will absolutely have one. I imagine they'll eventually segue back into the reigns. Strowman fuse, because you know he's not finished with anybody, and I imagine Strowman may be the guy to take the belt off Reigns. I mean, it's not going to hurt Reigns, is it? A big dude like that doing it? But we'll see. Either way, I mean, that was the absolutely the best thing about Raw. Uh, we had a mid scene match which I thought was good. Too many kickouts or finishes, which always drives me nuts. Uh, you know, the five way at the end to determine now the seventh men, the sixth and seventh men in, in the chamber was decent. Well, that was really good. It was just fast paced, spot spot spot. But that's what a multi man match should be. And um, so I like that. I'm not 100% sure where we go with Bray Wyatt and and Woken Matt Hardy from here. Apollo Crews, I don't mean to be horrible to him, but he's kind of just there, which does suck. I mean, they could do more with him, but they don't. So it is a bit like he's just sort of hanging around town. But, I mean, these things can be changed in a few weeks. I don't necessarily think that is going to be the case with um, uh, Apollo Crews. Titus Worldwide, I mean, do you remember when they won those tag matches a few weeks ago and nothing ever came of that? which is, you know, WWE booking to the, to the nth degree. But maybe one day, I don't know. He, I think he was called up too soon is the real problem. He should still be down in NXT. Think how, how he'd be so good in NXT right now if he'd hung around. He'd probably been called up by this point, but just those few extra months, maybe a year, I think it would have done him, done him the world of good, especially because Titans worldwide just does nothing. They're just there. They just pop up, which is what I'm also worried is going to happen to Woke Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt took that fall in the main event because of course he did. Um, and at this stage, I really don't know what the plan is. You'd imagine they're going to do Woken, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt WrestleMania and probably do what they did with Orton last year and have all the bells and whistles and evil overhead projectors, which will suck. But what can you do? Oh, I hit the mic, sorry. What can we do? We just have to, we just have to let it play out. And again, I think the WrestleMania card may be so good that it won't actually matter about what else is on that, is on that card. That was more or less raw. We had a Reigns versus Shaman's match again. Reigns versus Shaman's match, which I thought was good, but it annoyed me because Cesaro basically did help at one point, or at least he tried to cause a distraction. And uh, Roman Reigns still managed to, you know, beat them both, which does nothing for your tag titles, which at the moment feel absolutely pointless. I know it's not really WWE's fault because they had a program and Jason Jordan got injured, but we could still come up with, you know, a new idea. Especially because the Revival and the club are just fighting each other each and every week for no reason whatsoever. So that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I just don't, you know, it's the, it's the same across both brands. We have good tag teams, probably better tag teams than we've had in a long time. And yet there is no program at the moment for the Raw tag team titles. Um, actually, no, I take that back. I do like the SmackDown plan at the moment. We had more build this week for the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers. A bit weird. The Usos were cutting a program in a dark room and there was a big crack on the screen. And it turns out we were watching it via the tv that the bludgeon brothers were watching it and they smashed up the screen it's a bit strange and a bit weird but i like that feud i like the bludgeon brothers are going after it, it makes perfect sense but then you know we're getting like the new day versus chad gable and benjamin chad gable and benjamin chad gable and shelton benjamin I, I, it was funny like because it's pancake day and obviously new day love pancakes a so biggie was going to break the pancake record and gable and benjamin thought that was ridiculous but that then prompted a match and we've seen that match way too many times or I even mean, if we haven't I feel like we had and also Gable and Benjamin just pinging around the place at the moment and the New Day feel utterly directionless. They can kind of get away with it because they're entertaining and they come up with skits and again there was a, a somewhat of a narrative here because Gable and Benjamin got screwed. They did tag the ref didn't see it because uh, Xavier Woods were distracting him and that allowed the New Day to, to get the, the win U- using heel this tactics but they do that a lot. But what where does it lead? Are we going to get another match next week? Are they going to be on the pre-show? They have good matches. But I just mean the tag team division on both sides feels a bit lost. And a bit like we don't really know where we're going. Not Again, not with the Uses and Bludgeon Brothers. That is good. But there are loads of good tag teams that we're not doing anything with. Also, why do we break up Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder? Mojo Rawley never appears on SmackDown anymore. It's so weird. It's just it's so it's so strange. The good thing about SmackDown, though, was we did continue the Daniel Bryan, uh, Shane McMahon, Ziggler... Zayn, Corbin, all that, all those nonsense. I mean, I liked how it started I really liked how SmackDown started because we we're going to have the match uh, between uh, Ziggler and Corbin to see who would be in, who would enter the the Fast Lane main event. But we didn't get it because they got jumped by Owens and Zayn, and that was it. You know, that, that's how the show started. It felt very rough and ready and different. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And then we basically almost segued straight into Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon setting up new matches which was Corbin versus Owens and Ziggler versus Zane. And again, they had to win their respective matches to get the Fastlane main event and Shane McMahon, you know, insinuated this was Daniel Bryan's doing and that they, they were his boys and that if there were any interference, uh, they wouldn't be allowed in, in the Fastlane main event. And this was good. Like, it was all very, it tied everything in in a very quick, succinct and, and good way. I mean, the end result is we're now getting a five-way at Fastlane. So February is just the, uh, well, February says March is just the elimination, uh, the elimination show, is just the multi-man fun time. And I don't know if people want AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin, I think it will be very good, but it is a bit strange. I mean, A AJ Styles wasn't even on SmackDown. I don't think I may have been wrong. I don't think I saw him. No, there's a problem. But he could have done maybe a promo package. And also, why on earth was Dolph Ziggler ever given this opportunity? It is a hundred percent true. The last time we gave him an opportunity, he squandered it. He he won the US title and he thought, "Now nah, I don't want to do this," and he dropped the belt and he took his ball and he went home. So now management, which is Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon in the story, have said, well, we don't care about that. Let's give them a title shot. I mean, that's basically saying do what you want, wrestlers, and you'll probably get away with it. <laughs> so I thought that was strange, but I do think it would be a good match. Um, I imagine AJ Styles wins. I don't think everyone wants to see Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura, who also wasn't on SmackDown, by the way. Weird they don't do like, – because Oscar wasn't on Raw, but they did a promo package for it. Maybe it just the two-hour time slot. I don't know this for sure – but I don't remember seeing too many of those annoying graphics. So that was good. Because those graphics suck. <laughs> so I'm glad they I'm glad whoever learned After Effects has realized that a lot of people learned it years ago, and we don't need that. Other than that, you know, SmackDown always breezes along because it's two hours. And if you do watch SmackDown and Raw, it's so easy. Women's stuff, not great. You know, we're doing this whole Riot Squad versus Charlotte Naomi and Becky Lynch. It's alright. I mean, Charlotte beat Sarah Logan and you know the the whole theme here is that Charlotte is trying to make her way through the group, and Naomi and uh, and Becky Lynch are our mates. They feel like props, to be honest. I, it's, it's made the women's title feel a bit surplus to requirements because it just is never really a focus. So that's um, that's a shame, but. I mean, we'll see what happens. We've still got a long time to Mania. I really don't know where they're heading for Mania in that, with those two, uh, with, with the, the women's title. I would like to see Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Whether that happens, I don't know. But then What do you do with Naomi? I mean, the Riot Squad at this point feel, they were clearly brought up just to add numbers into the Royal Rumble, and then somebody just gave up with them. They feel really flat at the moment, which is a shame, because I do think they're good wrestlers. And look, again, as I've said before, you've got to be on the bench if you want a shot to get in the game. And at least they're there, and they are talented. So will uh We'll see. The most interesting thing—I didn't necessarily like it as a bit, but I am intrigued to see they've gone in this direction. Is uh, also Rusev. I just realised I shouldn't have. Damn it! I didn't say ups and downs. Rusev wasn't on the damn show. I've screwed up there. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, in the US title feud, we're now getting Randy Orton. Basically, Bob Roode came out, did an open challenge, said he wanted Orton to accept, so Orton accepted. But then before they could have their match, Jinder Mahal arrived. And he started arguing about that stupid SmackDown top 10 list, which already fills surplus to requirements. I don't think they're going to mention that next week. I think they've already think that's a bad idea. But Anyway, Jinder Mahal used that as some kind of reasoning to be upset about things. And then Randy Orton gave an RKO to Sunil Singh, which meant Jinder used the, the kind of distraction to nail the Cullis, or whatever he calls his move, on both Orton and Rude, which you'd imagine sets up a three-way at Fastlane. That's a very weird match for the US title. Jinder Mahal versus Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton. I mean, Randy Orton, ping, he's another one, just pings all over the place like a, like no one's business. You never quite know where he's in the card, how WWE sees him. Oh, it's strange. It's very, very, very strange. But look, I, like, I do think he adds a certain bit of uh, gravity to the US title. I just didn't think this segment was particularly entertaining. Um, but if he won the US title, I do think that would give it a boost. So I hope that happens, to be honest. I, w- I would like to see Randy Orton win the US title. But then where, but the thing is, what's his, what are the plans for the US title at WrestleMania? Because you've already got a bunch of... And they're clearly still high on Jindom Hall to a certain extent. They like Bobby Roode. Randy Orton's Randy Orton. Do we do the triple threat now just to then ping one of them out and have the same match at WrestleMania? It doesn't sound particularly exciting to me. But we'll see. I mean, it wasn't... Like I said, it wasn't bad. It was just one of those segments where I shrugged my shoulders a bit like, yeah, okay. You know, whatever. I should mention as well, there was a lot of teasing between... It's quite clear to me now that Sami Zayn and... Well, I think it's quite clear for everyone. That Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to break up and probably have a match at WrestleMania. And I'm now convinced that Shane McMahon is going to be the third man in the match and the referee is going to be Daniel Bryan, which will annoy everybody. Because for, for yonks, people have decided that actually Daniel Bryan... Um, he's actually going to wrestle I don't think that's true I don't think he's ever going to wrestle for WWE again I do think he'll leave later this year and go on the indie scene and I do think he'll be a guest referee in, in this match um, and he won't get attacked in any, any sense because he can't maybe he won't even be a guest referee maybe he'll be a guest enforcer because WWE won't even put him in a wrestling ring but that, that, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of my takeaway from it. And like I say, it's a decent show. Dolph Ziggler saying the reason he came back to WWE was because he's never headlined in WrestleMania. And he wants to do that. That's as stupid as John Cena telling us, you know, that if he doesn't win at the Elimination Chamber, he's not going to WrestleMania. Are you absolutely kidding me? Like, of course you are. You are. You, you, it's just those kind of storylines are stupid much like this Dolph Ziggler thing is stupid, because no one actually believes that Dolph Ziggler is all of a sudden going to be hurled into the WrestleMania main event. I mean, I'm sure some of us would like to see it, but the the rehab job they'd have to do to make that stick is too much for nearly anybody. So, you know, even booking him to say that is ridiculous because he won't do it. And if he doesn't do it, that's just another... it's It's just more reasons to look down upon Dolph Ziggler. So I thought that was stupid. I thought there was no need for that whatsoever. But hey, we did that. There's not much we can do now. Uh, but yeah, both decent shows. I thought both enjoyable shows this week. Very easy to watch. There wasn't really any bad bits. They're both built towards where they need need to go. And the most exciting thing about all of this is obviously we are building to two, two separate pay-per-views. But the rumor is after WrestleMania, we get to Backlash. And Backlash is going to be a dual-branded show, which means we get both SmackDown and Raw superstars. Now, I know that isn't good in the sense that it will mean less opportunities for wrestlers that you may want to see uh, at the moment rojo rawley for example is still getting to struggling to get on pay-per-view so if you're going to combine them and have raw and smackdown superstars that opportunity is probably going to to lessen even further however i think it's absolutely what's needed i think sometimes these as far as the pay-per-views come too fast too quickly And sometimes you get matches on that you just don't want to see. For example, we saw Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton for like four months. The only reason we did that is because we didn't have enough depth in the talent pool to ensure, you know, that the new pay-per-views had depth. They didn't have depth, so we just had to keep doing the same match over and over again. And I just think a card where... I, I, yeah, it's like WrestleMania, but you know when you you don't have to have the same. You don't have to have all your top guys on it, and I don't think you have to necessarily defend both world titles on every show, which is something I worry they'll be inclined to do. But I don't think you have to. But you know, a card with Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, uh, Seth Rollins, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, uh, who else is he? Rusev, uh, The Miz is far more enticing and far better than obviously splitting that down the middle and say, well, you can only go over here and you can only go over there. And given that apparently it's being done for attendance reasons, meaning that people aren't buying into it too much, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. Now, I was never a huge fan of the brand split to begin with. I understand the the reasons for it, but I never, I never like it. Like I want to see all all my favourite people on the same show. I just do. I just think that works better. I think it it makes the car better and more exciting. And I think opportunities need to come because and I, I get this is the problem, but i you know i just think those opportunities need to be given from management and yeah i get it again they don't do that which is why that's your brand split brand split helps but if you can find that balance where you're making sure you know the new guys aren't just being uh, tossed to the wayside and that we also you know have these pay-per-views that have all the stars you want to see on them i just think that's better for us as a fan and also i'm getting I'm not sick of watching so many pay-per-views, but it does, it does take away... I mean, A, the WWE Network takes something away because we pay so little for all these pay-per-views. It's just the law of diminishing returns, which also ties into how many pay-per-views we get. If someone keeps plastering us with pay-per-views, it, it, eventually they lose, their, they lose their magic. And again, because of the network system, WWE don't have to promote them as much on Raw or SmackDown because you don't have to, in a way. You just have to promote the network in general and then hope that people tune in. So, that's why I think it's fine. I, I definitely think it's the right thing to do. Now, it's all speculation and rumour. No one knows if they're actually going to do it or not. But if they do, I think it's going to result in better matches for fans. And these cards are going to feel far more exciting, going to have less fluff on them. Now, the worry is, they decide they need to get everybody on, and the average pay view comes about four hours, and then that's a whole new problem in itself. That would be terrible. I don't want to see that. I just think that will... Um, that would just pull the rug out of everything because it's hard enough doing that for WrestleMania or Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So to then ask you to do it month in, month out, it really is going to water, it really is going to water everything down too much. However, in theory, and as a concept, I, yes, I'm all for this. And I think, I just think think it makes things more entertaining. And I think that's what the pay-per-views need right now. There's probably a reason that, you know, the, the attendance isn't as high as maybe WWE wants. I mean, sometimes SmackDown, they say, I don't know, because you never know for sure. But, you know, it has, has very small numbers. So, you know, why not do what you can to make them feel special again? And that's the real key here. If we are going to make these changes, I think ensuring that we come up with other ideas to make a pay-per-view feel like can't miss TV, which they certainly did, you know, 10, 15 years ago, or well, like 15 years ago plus then all of a sudden, I, you, you can bring some of that magic back. And maybe post-WrestleMania, there will be a big change because is Brock Lesnar going to hang around? Is he not going to hang around? He's certainly not going to be universal champion anymore. At least I can't believe that he will do. Uh, do we see a change in the guard? Does he leave? You know, do, does WWE pull the trigger and, and turn Roman Reigns heel finally because they just realize they can't, you know, they can't get the reactions they want. they just ignore it and let it keep coming on? What does John Cena do? Does he finally start segwaying away? Does Ronda Rousey have a long-term effect? You know, there's a loads of things in play right now, so I actually think making this choice, if you're gonna do it, now's the time to do it, because if you don't, well, it's it's the, you know you already know what you're gonna get because you're getting it you're getting it right now. Not like WWE's not doing well. They released their financials, uh, I think, within the last seven days. I get days confused. I think it was last Thursday or something like that. Um, and I think they made, uh, I think they grossed like eight hundred million. And their profit was like $40 million or something. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about WWE. They're doing just fine. And obviously the cool thing going on at the moment is this big discussion about uh, you know, TV rights freeze and, and everything like that. And how that's going to tie into everything. And it certainly sounds like WWE is in a good position. I mean, they make a hell of a lot of money as it is at the moment. Obviously adding Ronda Rousey to their books does help in terms of pitching a TV deal. I think they make, is it 250 million at the moment? Or maybe that's what they want to make. But either still, I don't think, it doesn't sound like it's going to go down. So really, WWE's in a very good but also very bad position in the sense they can do whatever they want and no one's really going to complain, at least in the short term, from a business standpoint. And again, that's good for them and it's good for business, but maybe necessarily as a fan point of view, it means maybe they're not going to you know, do the things we want them to do. And also, you know, they won't worry about, oh, Raw's too long, uh, you know, pay-per-views don't feel like pay-per-views. They, obviously, they, they care a little bit. That's, that's why there's this rumor that they're going to they're gonna dual-brand the pay-per-views. But you're never going to pull triggers in a, a back-to-against-the-wall way, eh? as much as we may think ratings are dropping and this and that and the demographic's really old now because they're making a hell of a lot of money. I mean, 800 million. And it's a quarter, that's a quarter as well. That is a quarter. I think it was a quarter. I don't think it was a quarter. Or was that a year? Oh, I don't know. You know what we got to do. We're looking it up. Now I'm worried that I don't know what it was (laughs) maybe that was maybe that wasn't a year I don't know I'm looking it up now it's probably we can hear clicking no I think that wasn't a year of course it would be in a year that would be mad yeah yeah yeah. it's 800 million in 2017 I thought it was a quarter at first I was like wait that can't be right of course it wasn't because it came out yeah ignore me ignore me (laughs) can you imagine and also that 800 million was record revenue um, the network's kind of hanging around where it was. Was it 1.53 million paid subscribers? Um, but there's a, that whole, the whole free thing with the WWE Network is nonsense. I still get emails saying, Simon, try the WWE Network for free for three months. I pay. Why I don't pull my money, I don't know, because it's too much hassle. But yeah, like, I, that whole thing is nuts. I still can't believe they're offering three months free now and basically giving away WrestleMania for nothing. Because surely that's the time when most people are going to come back. Surely give them a month's free prior to Wrestlemania, and then make them pay, I don't, but look, again, they made profit, so it's not like, and what do I know about business, absolutely nothing, so it, it seems silly for me to sit here and, and pick holes in something that's clearly, clearly doing very well, and, um, and that, from WWE's point of view, that's it, I mean, I, I started watching a bit of Impact again, um, I mean, it's, it's slowly getting to where I think they, they want it to get to, it's certainly more interesting than it was, and, you know, I don't think the departures of people like Bobby Lashley and EC3 are necessarily going to affect things too much. Because at the moment, I think they've got a built-in audience and they need to build on that audience. But I certainly don't think that audience is just going to leg it all of a sudden. I don't think that at all. So, you know, th- that that's interesting. I really... I think Ring of Honor and New Japan stuff now it, it is really cool. I don't know if anyone saw the Akada versus uh, Sonata match from... Oh, I can't remember the name of the of the event now. But I thought that was really, really good. I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, New Japan at the moment is just... Is just absolutely ridiculous obviously they announced Rey mysterio versus uh uh justin thusaliger that's not how you pronounce his name <laughs> justin thunder whatever his stupid man's name is um for the uh, whatever their america card is called which sold out in like 10 minutes or whatever and it's just i mean to me it feels far more relevant and far more uh less niche than it has done in years which has obviously been new japan's Goal from the beginning, and we're seeing all the stuff at the Bullet Club, and we've got Omega versus uh Cody Rhodes at the Ring of Honor show. And I just I mean, anyone that's worried that kind of the the bubble may burst for uh, the, the whole indie scene thing from last year, I, I couldn't it couldn't be more couldn't be more wrong. I mean, there's so much good wrestling at the moment. The progress show the other day was awesome. Um, and I train at Knuckle Locks and the and Daz who who runs that has his Battle Pro shows. I went to one of those. It was just really good. The talent on on display is ridiculous. And this is basically a pimp for indie wrestling. But you know, if I certainly if you like wrestling, you've never been, and maybe you've been to WWE shows. Go to one of the one of the indie shows. Obviously, you know it lacks the the pomp and circumstance that you'd expect. But that's not the point. The wrestling is really good, and the almost um, stripped back nature actually gives it. Yeah, it gives it a real special feel i think anyway i don't think it's going to go any anyway time soon mostly because the kind of demographic now is adults and that you know kids can be fleeting whereas adults when they buy into stuff kind of they like to wear their heart on their sleeves talking of wrestling as well i was at wrestling training last night and we did scramble matches we did six man scramble matches that is a lot of fun when you you know you have to sort of remember your spot and when to come in and you know you hit someone with one move and they hit you with a move and everyone's jumping around that was that was a, that was a real I left there with a big smile on my face. I was like that was that was that was a riveting good time. I took a code breaker from someone. Who may listen to this, I don't know. And I, I took it well too hard. My my jaw and my chin are killing me today. I plowed my face into that guy's knee. Um I was also I was also working with someone that has uh, has quite a lot of experience. He's done matches and stuff already. And that was awesome. Because uh, at the moment, I basically just give people power slams. Anytime someone says Miller do a spot, I say, I just power slam you. Because it's just easy. And he was so good. He flung himself onto my shoulders. And I slammed him down. I felt really good. I had one of those wrestling moments. like, wrestling's cool, man. Wrestling's really cool. Uh, (laughs) But we are getting there. I'm going to go again on Thursday which is tomorrow if you listen to this on day one. I'm going to try and keep up for two, two a week. And I want to I smash a match soon. There's been too much flibber flabber from me about wrestling and not actually having uh, something to show from it. So it's time for, you know, time for, for, for me to smack that down. But I think I'm close. I think I'm close. I could certainly, I think my thing is confidence. Anytime they say I've got to do a match, it's terrifying. because Your brain goes into, into overdrive. Um... Yeah, yeah we will we, we will see what happens so yeah i mean that's everything that happened in wrestling this week i thought we was solid uh, how far away elimination chamber is before fast lane isn't it i believe so the elimination chamber is in about a week two weeks 25th of february so yeah we've got a couple of weeks and then fast lane i believe is like two weeks after that no, that, you don't like that, do you, Google? Goodness gracious me. Um, oh, come on, just tell me when it is. Is March 11th. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks after that. So, you know, we've got all the main events in place. We're building. Um, again, I think the Ronda Rousey news is bigger than we may be discussing at the moment because of the fallout it could have. We talked about that in the first segment. Really, I now totally believe that as much as Roman Reigns may be the guy, the uh, the big experiment, the big project for 2018 is clearly Braun Strowman. What can he do? What can't he do? What can he get away with? What can not he get away with? And I think it's going to be an interesting ride, to say, uh, to say the least. And I, for one, am excited to see what they do with him because I think they may have they may have money in there. I think that segment on Raw, when again he showed that he, he can do more than just "I'm a big dude, I'm going to kick your ass," was um, was eye opening for us all. So keep an eye on that. So Friday, uh, we definitely will do the the, the Q and A a Q&A session. Uh, I may record it on Thursday. So if you want to get your questions in, head on over to Facebook, Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast. Search for that and ask a question. And I will, um, I will endeavor to... I will answer them all, answer them all. But I may record it Thursday. So it's all good to go on Friday as I'm out and about in London town. What I will say is, if you're going to the PC uh, gamer weekender thingy this weekend, I'm going to be there. So if you want to come say hello, I'll tell you which stand to go to right now. Let me find it in my email. Uh, you get to the Spellforce 3 stage I'm hosting that, they've got a tournament going on and they want someone that doesn't take games seriously and I'm your man for all of that so if you are there, do come and say hello it'd be lovely to see you and otherwise, just keep enjoying wrestling I'm on Twitter at simona 316 thank you to all the patrons that make this possible patreon.com force at 316 if you could give a dollar, that would be amazing uh, youtube.com force at the middle report rules to get let's plays, podcasts, videos nonsense, funny reviews, whatever you want And yeah, I will speak to you in a couple of days. In the meantime, stay happy, stay positive. And thank you for listening. Really, mainly, it makes my world to know that there's people out there that just enjoy hearing me rack my gums. So that's wonderful. Take care.